This is Chasing Curiosity. I'm your host, Alicia Tillman. This week, we're finishing up our What is Love series with a conversation with my friend Tarek, who I like to refer to as a wise sage. Tarek and I became friends at work and would often have coffee chats about philosophy and the meaning of life. He presents his ideas on love in a wonderfully intellectual and thoughtful way, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. going to do is I'll start with a couple of um, texts or little excerpts from text okay. just to motivate a bit like what like what I want to talk about. Um, so the first one is Georges Bataille uh, from his book Le Baptisme um, and it's one that I've, I've talked to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he says is each being is distinct from all others. His birth, his death, the events of his life uh, may have an interest but he alone is directly concerned in them. He is born alone, he dies alone. Between one being another and another, there is a gulf, a discontinuity. The gulf exists, for instance, between you listening to me and me speaking to you. We are attempting to communicate, but no communication can abolish our fundamental difference. If you die, it is not my death. You and I are discontinuous beings. But I cannot refer to this gulf which separates us without feeling that this is not the whole truth of the matter. It is a deep gulf, and I do not see how it can be done away with. Nonetheless, we can experience its dizziness together. It can hypnotize us. So to me, that, like what Bataille is talking about is fundamentally like the physical reality of being human. Like we can't, like as much as we empathize, like that empathy is not a direct line to you know say the nervous system mm-hmm. of another person so there is this fundamental physical separation mm-hmm. physical and psychological separation that we can yeah. never directly experience what other people experience mm-hmm. so from that i want to have that idea in mind mm-hmm. like this idea that like yeah that we're, where we're starting from is this fundamental like what he calls a discontinuity like that we're we're separate yeah um but with that like that glimmer of hope of like being dizzied by that shared separateness right shared separateness is so interesting yeah yeah um so from that i want to go to um this is jacques derrida he's a french philosopher and this is a a quote from a a film a documentary film about him and he's essentially talking about visiting his mother in the hospital when she was quite old and, and sick um so what he says is and i'm writing here at the moment when my mother no longer recognizes me and at which, though still, sca- still capable of speaking or articulating a little, she no longer calls me, and therefore, for the rest of her life, I no longer have a name. And that's what's happening. When she, nonetheless, seems to reply to me, she's presumably replying to someone who happens to be me without her knowing it, if knowing means anything here. Like the other day in Nice, when I asked her if she was in pain, yes, then where? It was February 15, 1989. She had, in a rhetoric that could never have been hers, the, the audacity of this stroke about which she will, alas, never know anything, no doubt knew nothing, and which, piercing the night, replies to my question, I have a pain in my mother, as though she were speaking for me, both in my direction and in my place. Okay? 
that, <laughs> I was tracking and then whew, I'm looking forward to unpacking that maybe. Yeah. So what you have here, so the core part is that uh, uh, Derrida is in visiting his mom in the hospital. Mm -hmm. He asks her, do you have a pain somewhere? And she replies, I have a pain in my mother. And what he's saying is that she, like there's this confusion that's happening where she's replying like through him almost as if she were speaking for him. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure. So what you, like the, the core of this is that you're having, like there's a confusion of identity that's happening here. Okay. Where his, his, he and his mom are like, or his mom is speak, speaking kind of as if, as if she was him or as if she was both of them, even though she's experiencing the pain, she's experiencing as if it was like his pain. Like there's the core idea, like I want to, to bring out here is the idea of this confusion of identity that she's speaking, not from the self as we tend to mm -hmm. describe it. She's speaking through this kind of like two-ness or like mm. an extended self that includes his experience. Okay. Right. And that's that's kind of that's going to be fundamental, I think, to yeah. what I want to talk about. Okay. Um, so it's like that. I think that's pretty important to kind of open up at least mm -hmm. up front. Is this idea that like there's there's other ways of experiencing the world mm -hmm. other than the I that we tend to experience it from? Right. That I am, you know, Tarek, who has that name, who has this body, who feels these things, who has this job, whatever. Like that. That's my. My, that's the only way I can experience the world mm -hmm. um, and and I think yeah and, and love is one of those experiences that if you dig deeply enough into it it's about uh, seeing and experiencing the world beyond uh, that limitation of the, the self mm -hmm. so that's a bit yeah so that's going to be kind of the, the the core of like the foundation of what I want to talk about is that you have this on one side Betai talking about what is our physical sort of limitation as human beings that we can only experience directly um, our own uh, sensations, mm -hmm. our own uh, um, what we can feel through our senses or what mm -hmm. we can think. And then this experience of Derrida on the other side where his mom mixes herself up with him and experiences her own pain through him uh, as this like, kind of twist on identity. So interesting. Um, they seem like dueling, but exactly. it's cool. To, it's like interesting to think about what they mean to each other. Yeah. Those ideas. No, and that you can move from one to the other. Mm -hmm. And like you, and, and part of it too is that like you don't, it's not necessarily about choosing or that there be one way of experiencing things. I think a lot of the interest in this is about like the ability we have to kind of move from one to the other, mm -hmm. perhaps depending on our, our circumstances. So that's kind of setting the, the stage. Um, and then now, yeah, like I kind of want to talk a bit about like that, that movement, um, between the two and that that movement essentially, uh, I think fundamentally I want to define love as that latter experience. So where mm. the self kind of opens up and you're like, that that's, that to me fundamentally is the, the definition of love is like when you enter into an experience where you're you're more than yourself, yes. you're, um, you're you and others mm. kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and the key person I'm going to be referencing for that, at least for that, like for defining that mm -hmm. experience is uh, 
Um, another I tend to like the, the French philosophers. So another one, uh, Alain Badiou, and he has this book uh, In Praise of Love, which to me is kind of my uh, my Bible on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just think he has a fantastic way of uh, of framing the idea uh, that's very useful, especially as a, a sort of a counterpoint to how we tend to think about love yeah. uh, these days. Um, and I think, yeah, and, for, and to start out, um, I think I want to go into that a little bit and like we can talk a bit about, you know, what is the, how is love generally described and portrayed to us? Um, so one of the things is, the key thing I think especially now and in the, the society that has this very sort of uh, consumerist mode, um, like we talked a little bit before about, you know, dating sites and like that kind of um and even like the the self-help books on it on like how to meet someone how to you know dress in a way that you meet people how to yeah the the whole thing right and and what it does is it kind of turns like thinking of love in that way sort of turns it into this product almost you know like that you're you're thinking of love that like it's something that you should get or yeah Something. Yeah, there's a couple of things actually to think about there. Like one is that it's like it tends to be a, yeah, like it's something that's out there and that you just have to kind of like order or like press the right mm-hmm. buttons and like it'll come to you that's and you'll be good. you'll receive that love. So there's also right. kind of a passiveness to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you're you're supposed to do these things and then it will come to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can think about it like to just how love tends to be portrayed. So there's that that idea of like love as as a product, like something that mm-hmm. you you know, you put your details in and like something will happen and you'll get this, you know, the ideal love that you've been looking for. Like, and, and there's also kind of this idea, like just playing a bit more on that, that idea of how passive we tend to, passively we tend to portray it is that, I mean, the way it tends to happen in film and in, and even in books is that you're, I don't know, that it just, it's supposed to just kind of fall from the sky almost. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this idea that it's just something that you you receive. It's just that that moment of, mm-hmm. of falling um, and almost with no no effort on right. your your part. Um, every Hallmark movie I watch, because yeah. I watch them all, <laughs> it, that's it. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, this man fell out of the sky and now I'm living happily ever after. So it, there is that expectation of that. Like, it's just like falls into your lap yeah yeah so i think it's i think it's interesting to think about like the the priority that the society we lives in puts on convenience Mm -hmm. right that everything is just like you know i remember one of my psychology profs talking about how like you know you know like car windows used to have like that you would roll it down Mm -hmm. sort of manually and then it got switched to a button and electronically and you know just like what is the message in that it's just like you know don't do this rolling thing <laughs> where you have to use your muscles that's too much trouble like just press this button and yeah. like you know and then take it easy. easy and yeah like everything now is you know delivered and you just like phone a number you mm-hmm. get your food you mm-hmm. get your you can get your groceries from Amazon and then to some extent like that's the mode is to put love a bit into that that same context that it should be a convenient thing and and part of it too in the way that we that I think it's it's framed also like a, a little bit that idea of like what we were saying with the online dating that you you know yourself ahead of time. There's kind of an idea that the the people involved are are fixed, 
Hmm. You know what I mean? And they're that, not changing all the time, too. Yeah, exactly. That you're... That it's like... You're this person, and this other person is who they are, and that's going to be a perfect mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except, Somewhere. You right. know what I mean? Hmm. Um, but who, who you are and what you want might change over time, and that person right. might change, right? Or even just, like, the next day, next yeah. month. like. So then, the, then you have this this question of like you know okay you might be compatible now but are you right. later and like and then once you get together like you're changing also and so what does love mean in that context is it just this yeah. thing that's automatically there as a bond or or does it have to like you know respond to these changes and figure out like what what does it mean in the new context? Well, and and also don't you think that like people might say in this conversation, yeah, of course, it changes and grows as you are together longer, but in practice, there's an expectation that you don't have to work for it because society teaches us in all the other ways that we don't have to, like, we get to push the button to put the window down yeah. and not roll it with their, mu- their muscles. So even if we can, like, logically think, okay, this will take work, there may be some, like, expectation that it should be easy or yeah. it doesn't take work or something. Yeah, and actually, one I'm going to throw one actually one other idea that I forgot yeah. to put in this, um, just to mix it in that. So we're talking yeah. about like a few that the that there's the idea of love as as convenient mm-hmm. um, and something consumable almost that you can you know receive like if you put in the right input, and also just even what the relationship itself is supposed to be is generally it is thought of. And especially like especially that way of framing it like for a like for a dating site say mm-hmm. or something like that is like the, these are the things I want from mm-hmm. a person and these are the things I am right um, when you when you structure things in that way what you're engaging in is like a, kind of a, a a mutually beneficial exchange like I'm trading these aspects of my personality mm-hmm. which are positive for the aspects of your personality which I find positive right. Um, so that type of agreement is, it has a certain dynamic to it where like if, if you and I are engaged in like an exchange change like that, where there's like an, uh, you know, an implicit agreement that, that what we're doing together is you provide me with these things that I need and I provide you with these things that you need. As soon as someone like falls outside of that agreement, then the relationship generally has to end right mm-hmm. like is that like and that's the, the feeling of like betrayal or like you know I've fallen out of love with you is because you know you were these things to me and that's what the foundation of this relationship is so if you break that contract then um, then it's within the rights of the other party to leave like the the agreement was broken mm-hmm. um, so that to me yeah roughly like it was a bit of a rough description but mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the the pieces I see of how love tends to be portrayed now is that it's um, it should be mutual bene- mutually beneficial in a, in a in an explicit way for for both parties. Um, it should generally be convenient that it like it should be something that kind of just happens, um, and it's a matter of like yeah, just you you yeah, it's something that you can kind of shop for or look around for and, and gain that you would the way you would any other product to kind of like decorate your. Mm-hmm your life something yeah. that you want to add to your life um so yeah 
So that's where we're starting from. And then, yeah, uh, here I'm going to like throw in uh, the story that I told you about my my uncle. Um, that's a good story. Yeah. So this was, there's two, it was two of my uncles, essentially. Like one of them, uh, my were, elder uncle. Were they actually brothers? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's my, my mom's elder two uh, brothers. Interesting. Um, and so one of them, Khala uh, Mahmoud, was in a feud with my my aunt, like his sister, and and they hadn't been talking for years. Uh, and Ayman, and if, I'll just preface this actually like with a funny side side note. I always kind of considered them like they're both, they both can be like very, um, you know, aggressive types and and loud and, and this kind of thing. And I always consider them similar personalities. Um, and this moment was was a time when I felt like yeah, I know there's actually some very strong um, dissimilarities in how they approach life. So Khalil Mahmoud was in this um, an argument with my aunt, and uh, Khalil Ayman, the younger of the two, was telling him like like I don't understand how you you know you are not speaking to your sister. You know what I mean? Like this is it's family. Yeah. Um, and and Khalil Mahmoud re- responded just like um family or not it doesn't make a difference like what i expect i expect a certain level of respect from people and if you um and if you don't treat me with that respect it doesn't matter what the relationship is like i don't want you in my life um and so Ayman tells this story about some a, a childhood friend of his right and so my you know my, my mom's family is from this uh a smaller village in Egypt that they like most of the family was in before they moved to um, to like from Cairo and then Cairo to Alexandria um, and so Khalil friend in this village had like you know he had a collection of guns I can't remember the details but somehow the police came over to his house saw his guns um, were asking him questions about it like where he got it and blah 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 he got nervous and then said and because my my uncle was also a gun collector and had a big collection of guns so he's like oh you should see i think this is big you should see ayman's collection like kind of just to get rid of them and then they went over and my uncle can be charismatic and was able to get out of it but he could have gotten into a lot of trouble just Mm -hmm. for having that uh, you know the police over and going through his stuff so he was furious at his friend um but what he said is just that like this you know this man is a part of my life like that is just a foregone conclusion so what am I supposed to do like am I gonna abandon this friendship and no like it's because he's just one of those people that is in my life and that's it right um, and so that was a bit like there was a, a spark that went off for me there of just like um, first of all just it was interesting to see the difference in views uh, between my uncles but also the idea of like just that this, this kind of relationship existing mm-hmm. you know where you just move into this space where you are like you have just decided that another human being is to you the same as like you know a body part or something like that that it's just mm-hmm. a, a part of the context of your life mm-hmm. you know I mean, like you're not going to get rid of you know one of your fingers or or whatever because it you know because it upsets you or didn't do something right you know what i mean like you just um and the fact that you can make you can make this 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 movement in your life towards seeing another human being in that way. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm like having a really strong emotional reaction to this. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that is like so... I don't know if you have more to say about that, but that like... I don't... I, I know I felt this way the first time I heard this story, but I feel so much more I, like upon reflection of what that means for me thinking about someone loving me like that Mm. like do people love me like that already if they do what and like what do I do with that do I love people that way like it's so like very powerful Mm. to hear I guess even just to hear like that's possible Mm. for someone to like love someone that much who like they are not obligated to just because they chose to yeah it's like so much it's like a lot it's like yeah it's or i feel overwhelmed by that mm. so i just appreciate the story but yeah yeah no and i think it's important and that going back to like this just yeah this idea of there are these there's just these other ways of experiencing like you can put it under the general category of other ways of experiencing or thinking mm-hmm. about the world mm-hmm. and in this case specifically thinking about what our relationships are with other mm-hmm. human beings and even different ways of thinking differently about, you know, in that sentence, us and other human beings, like rethinking the us and the other, mm. like, what do those words actually yeah. mean? You know what I mean? Okay, this, I didn't have time to translate some of these texts that I wanted to use, but I'm going to... What language are they in right now? Uh, in French. Oh. So this is a part from Bajou, um, and he says, so if it isn't... Like, he's talking about love. If it isn't considered simply um, an exchange of reciprocal advantages, and it isn't, like, calculated way in advance, as if it was, like, you know, a profitable investment, love is simply this faith in chance. It it brings us into the uh, the environments of of a fundamental experience of what it is to be different, and fundamentally into the idea that you can experience the world from the point of view of difference. And it's in this that love has this uh, universal domain, essentially. And that it is that love is a personal experience of a possible universality. Hmm. And it's in this that it is philosophically essential. Okay, so that was a a (laughs) bit of a rough uh, translation, but like... So the core part of this, or the key idea, I think, is this idea that love is essentially experiencing the world through, so what he's calling through difference. Um, difference means like through, uh, like through that gap or that space between myself mm-hmm. and okay. another person. So what he says, and this is actually something that I love, um, that love is a love is constructing uh, truth so um, it's the truth of what it means to experience the world from the point of view of two instead of one why just two so two he's so he in this book he's focused more on like a, a romantic okay. relationship so I think we can take that. So that's what he's talking about is like a, you know, a romantic partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, and my, my sort of 
Like, I, I argue that, like, yeah, these ideas, it's really towards just being outside the self. So you could, t- you could change it to be, like, it's the point of view of uh, many instead of one. Okay. Right? It says a lot about me that I, out of all the things you said, I was like, just who? Yeah. <laughs> just romantic love? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's important, like, when you're reading these kinds of things is, is you know, you can take, and this will actually come with, with someone I'm going to reference a little later, that, you know, you almost feel like the author sometimes doesn't take a step into, into seeing, like, the full breadth of their idea. Um, and you can allow yourself to like to see how it applies to other things that you might be um, more interested more interested in but I think the essential part and like a very fundamental part about how I see love is this idea that he he repeats this phrase a few times um, of love being like a procedure uh, a Mm. procedure of constructing truth right um and that there's actually like a, a certain philosophical import to this process, right? And that that to me is is really the foundation of like just what the, the whole thing is. It's just that you you and another person choose to begin this process together. To like somewhere in between you and them, you you create this, this us, this this kind of this experience of of multiplicity, right? Like where you're gonna you're gonna experience the world, not just uh, as you and your own interests, but like what what does this what does this us want to be in the world, and how does this us experience the world? Mm. You know what I mean? So you're, it's almost like yeah, you're, you're kind of like moving moving your sense organs. Like to, and and kind of the same way we were talking about the art, right? Mm -hmm. Like the the thing is happening Mm -hmm. in between you and the other person, Mm -hmm. and in that space, what what does that space see and feel and hear and taste as it goes through the world, and how does it respond to those things in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it, and that it's like, and it's continual, right? Like that you you start out and you have like. Because once you create that thing, it's it's a newborn. Like, it hasn't experienced anything, right? right? So the whole um, process of love is just that thing being in the world and responding to new things that come and and growing through that. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. It's, I find this really interesting because my tendency is to like l- like love someone or like sacrifice in some way so that we can do the thing that that person wants but what you're like implying in with this is that it's like both people's i like imagine like an organ like i just imagine like a lung between mm. you and i was like this is hard imagining so hard yeah but like this lung or whatever body in mm-hmm. newborn thing that you pieces of yourself are experiencing together in some way mm. requires like both of you to have like put stuff into it not yeah. just like give the other person what they want yes so it, it's an interesting 
for me being someone who would rather just like I'm always gonna let you walk first like I just like my tendency is to like do Mm -hmm. that but that sometimes isn't helpful to either person I, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't think I can formulate this fully but it's very interesting to me like just that the idea of like to create the newborn thing you just described, yeah. both people have to like put their interests and like the things they want in to it. Right, right. Yeah, because it's it's really that. Because yeah, just thinking about that, like that example of like, because the the always letting the person get their their ways is is a disengagement. Right? Yeah, I think it's, so. It's a way of not being sometimes, most times. <laughs> Well, it is like if it's just that, right? Like if it's if it's just a way of, um, like if it's just this kind of philosophy of, it, like how to put it, like if it's if it's just if that's just the rule, right? You just say like whatever a person wants, like I'm gonna give that to them. Then a way of thinking about it is that you're interacting with the rule, not with the person, right? Whoo. <laughs> that's too much. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and so interacting with the person means like asking yourself, "How do I feel about this thing?" and then like bringing that feeling into the world and like, you know what I mean? So scary. <laughs> like I'm not even in a romantic partnership, and that is still scary to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, that's the thing, and because part of this is breaking out of that. Like, if you're doing engaging with this process, honestly. Part of it is breaking out of having rules for how you deal with mm-hmm. social situations in a yeah. way. Like, because, yeah, like if you're building this thing that's kind of a mix of the two of you, um, that thing is always going to be unique mm-hmm. to the, the people involved in it. Right. Um, so the whole, that process of truth is about kind of charting out the territory, like the specific territory to that union or that combination of people um so having a preconceived notion about like how you what should be or how things should interact is by definition kind of suffocating that process mm. of mapping out the things like like the specific things for that relationship or that mm. do you know what I mean? like letting it be what it is yeah exactly because like it's it can't it can't you can't be both like you can't say that okay this thing has to be these right. things and let it grow into what right. it actually is right yeah because it will only if you do that it will only grow as much as the rule or whatever like your expectation for it yeah yeah or it's just you're putting a wall or you're just saying that like okay this thing has to it's just almost like you're saying do my rules have to fit this thing that's developing mm-hmm. or does the thing have to fit mm. my rules you mm-hmm. know what I mean all right, from that, I'm going to throw in this text because it's a poem yeah. that I just really love. And that's a bit about, like, um, I think it's a really great description of that that charting process. So, mm-hmm. like, we were talking about you start out from scratch and you're kind of mapping out this new territory of, like, what is the world from the point of view of this, um, of this many, of this mm-hmm. us that's being created. Um, so this is a poem by Adrian Rich um, from 21 Love Poems. Uh this is number 13. <clears throat> so it's, uh, the rules break like a thermometer. Quicksilver spills across the charted systems, 
We're out in a country that has no language, no laws. We're chasing the raven and the wren through gorges unexplored since dawn. Whatever we do together is pure invention. The maps they gave us were out of date by years. We're driving through the desert, wondering if the water will hold out. The hallucinations turn to simple villages. The music on the radio comes clear. Neither Rosen Cavalier nor Gotter Demerung, but a woman's voice singing old songs with new words, with a quiet bass, a flute, plucked and fingered by women outside the law. Hmm. So I love this just like that, um, especially lines like him. The maps they gave us were out of date. Um, the rules break like a thermometer. Uh, old songs with new words. Um, like it really, to me, there's that feeling of um, that you're just, and even tying like, yeah, that you're in Bataille's abyss or like that you're charting out like the, there's just this unknown Mm-hmm. when you engage in this mm-hmm. process um, and that's the whole game is just over time exploring and mapping out this world um, with the the people involved I like that poem because in like, like thinking back to what we were just talking about it's like this it reminds me of travel like traveling yeah. so when I hear that I'm like ah oh, traveling but almost like traveling the journey is like life. So like traveling mm. through life with someone, whoever mm-hmm. that is, the love that you're creating with a person. And I'm gonna say any person, not just like a romantic person. And like that sounds so fun. Yeah. It's it's hard, but like this poem to me brings up like the like a, the way adventure feels. It's like sometimes hard because you don't mm. know what's gonna happen next. But like it's also really exciting to like chart territory that hasn't been charted before yeah like it's always going to be new yeah no i think that's exactly it and it's, it's just essentially like i think it's a great metaphor like it's you're, you're applying that metaphor of being in foreign land mm-hmm. and like maybe a new language maybe mm-hmm. you know whatever it is but to like two other parts of mm-hmm. your life like where yeah. it's um you're traveling through you know yourself and another person and the space that's created mm-hmm. between you and um and all of that is, is still that same like it's still like exploration and travel don't just have to be about you know geography right mm-hmm. it's true um it's beautiful and like just to bring it back to uh what we were talking about at the beginning um like there's a few things we talked about. Like one is is just like this this process of constructing this new truth of like of an, an us existing in the world, um, and maybe something to be clear about is that that and I, I kind of like travel. Like I mean, you were saying about like you know it's not always easy and not always uh, fun. It's, it can be very difficult sometimes when you're like lost or you don't mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you can't resort to your language or right. uh, whatever it is. That this process is a, is a difficult one, right? Like if you're, and again, if you're engaging with it honestly, it's like you as a complete human being and someone else is a complete human being. 
especially in a society where we tend to think of ourselves as like distinct Very separate. individuals and to kind of break that down and to create to try and create something and maintain that balance of thinking through how that us is going to be in the world um, while the world is changing and you're you're changing um, it's a lot yeah it ends up being like you know like it's something that has to be continually reconfigured and rediscussed and like like it's a living thing mm-hmm. um, that yeah like oh somebody got a new job okay how do we how does this thing that we are live now with that new mm-hmm. um, or we had a kid mm-hmm. how does this thing that we are now um, incorporate that and like like what is it in that new part of life like that's the mapping process right is it at every step um oh we want somebody wants to move Mm -hmm. okay how does how does this Mm -hmm. relationship you know how does this us fit into that world now right um and that can be quite painful sometimes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like where there's these these very challenging questions that come up um can i say something about that yeah so for me that makes me think of like whenever my best friend um she got pregnant with her first kid we like had a conversation about like how things are going to be different but like we're both committed to showing up for each other and like mm. figuring out what that looks like yeah because she got married and then like like we had figured that out and then like the baby thing was like okay this is like a huge thing and a lot of time goes towards a kid but what does it look like to maintain a friendship like we don't know exactly what this will be but we're gonna show up together and be in conversation about like what that looks like right and, and I feel like I, I mean I think obviously this probably shows up even more when you're talking about a spouse or partner mm. or some sort but I think in and then in friendships it can get like left behind or like um the conversation can be like tabled or not mm-hmm. prioritized because it's a friendship but then I think choosing to have the conversations like really makes for a, a lasting relationship with a with a friend no absolutely um, so yeah. I just that was like that's how I knew that this friend was like a lifer not that wasn't the moment when I knew because I like mm-hmm. I know we're gonna be friends forever but when like she was so willing to engage with that with me I was like okay yeah even life changes we can handle yeah like so it just means talking about it, even mm-hmm. if it's hard, me knowing things are going to change and like, that's okay, but it's okay that it's hard too. Yeah. Um, but at least there's communication and like shifting what this like us or whatever looks like. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. No, and totally. And actually like there's, a, there's an interesting point that you bring up there is that like, um, it's something to keep in mind that, that's the, you know, this society and any society you're going to live in is going to have a certain hierarchy of relationships built into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, you know, say a marriage relationship is more important than um, a dating one mm-hmm. that's more important than friendship, mm-hmm. but not as important as, you know, uh, family, like whatever. Yeah. It decides like, you know, what those are, but those are just, those are external right like you can't like you know a lot of people do just by default subscribe to those sure um 
but there's nothing about the essence of those relations that puts them higher or lower than anything else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's absolutely no reason. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I have friendships that are much deeper than a lot of people's marriages. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And and that's just because of the nature of the the interaction that I have and mm -hmm. the, the engagement that I have with those those people. Mm -hmm. um, No, I think if so at this point I think it's interesting to just kind of put that like those those ideas like yeah you, like you're this continually evolving um, relationship with your friend and like the the like the challenges I was talking about about like this you know figuring out what is this relationship in um, as the world and as you change like how far are we from the you know, those ideas you were talking about as, like, love is something that just kind of happens and is, that you just kind of passively, like, yeah. receive and that, like, you know, Same once you're thing. in love, it's it's done. Um, so I think there's, yeah, like, I think I think with that, like, we kind of come to, to, like, fundamentally, like, what I think, like, what I think love is, is that, yeah, and just to, to sort of summarize, it's just that it's that process. Like, it's, it's that process of first, like, choosing, like, you choose to be in the world with someone, right? Um, and then exploring what it means for that, that us to be in the world, right? And, and that you, at every point, like, you, you fight and figure out how does this us that we've created now live as the... The circumstances change and I, I think it's really I think I want to like I want to stress and actually this is gonna move into the next part I want to talk about like that a key difference in this conception from like the way it's typically seen like the way we were talking about before is that this is like love isn't something that you feel and it's not something that comes to you or happens to you it's something that you do right mm -hmm. like you like you choose to be in this kind of relationship and you and you have those conversations you reconfigure it to to fit into um or to evolve with the mm -hmm. circumstances that life brings it's it's like it's love is is an action mm -hmm. it's it's an activity you partake in it's um um, yeah. Well, okay, my, I have a question then. Yeah. So, I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how do you know who to choose to love? Like, like, it's just like, like you said, you choose to love someone, and then you choose an act in a way to, like, continue that love with somebody. But there has to be some sort of like connection or intuition or just like I think before you like you just know I think I don't know if that's what you said that but um, someone else said that to me recently like in terms of like wanting to be my friend and just like choosing it and like they're all in now it was like this kind of thing you're describing but mm -hmm. like how 
Do you? Well, I mean, no. how, how have you chosen that, like, with, with friendships that you've engaged with in that way? That friend I referenced before, we met when we were young, and we connected, and I think that's, like, the closest thing I could describe to, like, just, like, there is really nothing that she, like, even if I, like, whatever, that gun story that you told about your uncle and his friend, like, I feel that way about, first of all, I don't think she'd ever do that, like, something, like, betray me in that way, but if she did, I'd be like, well, I'm in it. Yeah. Um, but that, we became friends because we just, like, met in school. So it was that, so then I'm like, this may be derailing your, like, thoughts, but I'm like, do we just, is some stuff just, like, luck? Like, I just happened to meet her at school, and now she's my best friend. Like, so, so, um. So I'd say the meeting her at school that, is luck. The, the other stuff, yes, no, I agree with you. The meeting her at school was luck, and we connected somehow, because mm-hmm. humans do that. But the investment in the relationship and showing up is the action that we're taking. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you on that part, but the, the just like, you happen to meet somebody is so, I can't really wrap my head around it, it like very much. <laughs> so I think actually thoughts there's, on that? Like, yeah. So this is actually, uh, it was a part I kind of skipped over, but, um, there's this other bit from, Bedju that I really love. Um, well, and like this friend that I just met recently was like, I just know. And I'm like, what does that mean? How do you just know? I guess I kind of just know too, I guess, yeah. about people. So one of the things he talks about is that like, so there's the, like he talks a bit about the encounter hmm. of, of meeting someone. Like a meet cute, more or less. Well, just like, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, we just, we met at work, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, um, you know, anyone, like, yeah, you said you're your friend you met at school. Mm-hmm. It was just like you happened to be at the same school. Um, but looking back at it now, right, at these relationships that, that have become so big in your life, um, they have the feeling of being destiny right yeah like yes. you feel like how could this not have happened yeah right like this is this this is clearly what my life was supposed to be like with yeah. this person so obviously i had to meet them right right um and then essentially um i'll see if i can kind of describe this idea like the way he talks about it is that like yeah, you have this encounter which is just totally random right like you just meet someone you didn't know them before they, they look at that time like anybody else in the crowd. Regular Joe. Um, and that the process of love is actually what you're doing is, is kind of like, um, is, is catching that chance. So (laughs) I don't think I'm like describing it exactly right. That you're, you're taking like this, you know, the chance and the chaos and you're just like, almost like putting a pin in it. Right, like saying, like, this is, this I'm going to keep, right? And that's, that fundamentally, like, what he 
is talking about is that like that's that's what the declaration of love is like when you love someone like you have people coming in and out of your life and you're just saying okay this relationship I'm going to kind of like put a pin in like mm-hmm. I'm gonna fix it to you know the wall of my life or, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um, and that's that's essentially what like when you love someone it's that it's that movement from chance encounter and into like essentially taking like this momentary chance encounter and saying I'm going to pull a lasting um, mm-hmm. experience out of it yeah. and it's that that movement so there is like it, it still is it's important I feel like it's important to see the choice and the agency yeah. that you have in that yeah. like that you yeah the fact is even as a kid and as you grew up like you at any point could have said like well I would rather be doing these other things or with these other people but you and that's actually another way that he puts puts it is that like the um yeah okay I'll just try to translate this line real quick that so um that in love uh, fidelity is um, is this long victory, right? Mm-hmm. It's the it's the chance uh, of the of the encounter, like that chance encountered, conquered day after day by the creation of a of a duration to that relationship. So I like I think there's a there's a kind of an interesting way of thinking about that is that like and that's the way that relationships always are is that like you like it's just it's all those little decisions right like Mm -hmm. that every day that you decided that like I'm still in this in this relationship it's that relationship won in a certain way against the like just the chaos and especially Mm -hmm. you know and especially here and like you know like in the way we live and work and like the speed of things yeah that having something that like has been like lasts Mm -hmm. for years and years is a is really like it's it's a huge victory it's Mm -hmm. like a big accomplishment that happens by making those that that decision just to stay in it yeah one day after another until you have just years and years of connection right uh, or years and years, like to go back to the other metaphor of this thing that's between you and that person mm-hmm. existing and living mm-hmm. in the world and growing and becoming more mature and more solid and yeah. more adult. So, because if... then just to give you like a little bit of an example, I want to go with like just to that <laughs> idea okay. of chance because I wrote this down and I haven't been talking about Sahar too much because um, I don't want to make it too specifically about my experience, but like that's her wife and she's yeah. the best. Yeah. Very much so. And, <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, no, that, that relationship is the best thing that ever, that ever happened to me. Like, it's really like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like just my life before and my life after, uh, or my life with her is, are two completely different things like that's the best way I can I can describe it 
but going back to this idea of like just the chance of it. So Sahar was born in uh, Baghdad, mm-hmm. in Iraq. I was born in Edmonton, in Western Canada, right? Um, she, like, she left Iraq after the, the first Gulf War, uh, was in um, Jordan for a while. Um, her family moved to Ottawa. And, yeah, during that time, uh, yeah, mostly Edmonton. I lived in, in Egypt for a bit. And then, like, just by chance, like, a friend of mine's um, brother, so not someone I even knew that well, hooked me up with a job in Montreal and Sahar around the same time went to Montreal to, um, to, uh, to get her master's, to go, to go to school at McGill. So looking at this, it's like, statistically speaking, there was zero chance of us ever meeting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yet, like, when I look at what my life is now, um, it is, like, it is the result of that relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's this thing that, it's almost, like, scary a bit to think that, like, like, mm-hmm. everything that you are and have been for you know, like the past, what is it now, quarter-ish of my life, yeah. getting to that, depended on this thing happening that, like, um, chances were yeah, so small. Like, we're doing, like, you know what I mean? Like, just think about like, these two kids on opposite ends of the planet, right. like, how are they ever going to meet, yeah. and, like, why would they even like each other? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that. It's like that. And there's something about life, I think, in that whole process about like it's not about like expecting things to come or even about things being meant to happen it's just you see this this yeah this chance occurs and you choose to make it like a a thing endure you yeah. you, you take this moment and you make it a something that extends in time that lasts yeah that's that's sort of the 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 process so from that actually there's one last kind of area of this that I want to talk about is like and actually it goes I think this is more of a response to your question of like how do you how do you choose yeah um which I don't know if you're gonna find it like super satisfying but um I hate answers like that (laughs) I love them because then I think about it a lot but, you know, all I ever really want is a, a formula. Okay. Not really, not really, not really. But. So that's, yeah, not exactly what this is going to be. But, <laughs> so, yeah, like the last bit is, so we've talked a bit about, like, our sort of standard individual identities that we tend to um, move through life in. Um, and then there's this other way of living, which is, like, living as an us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, making this movement towards being like just part of uh, you know instead of being just one being many people but that being considered an an identity that you're living through life in Um, but there's still kind of this question of like how do you make that movement right like how do you 
um, kind of your question, like how do you, so maybe not exactly, because you were asking about like how do you choose. Um, this is more about like how do you make the transition from the one Pointing it. to the many, right? Yeah. Because okay. you're, you're fundamentally doing like a, a, a shift in identity, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of hard. And it's also like, because it's, in a way it's also like, it's kind of a dangerous step. You know what I mean? Like if you're choosing yeah. to build a, a kind of a foundation of your life with someone, there has to be like a, something has to break or something has to kind of like crack open for you to be able to kind of be outside yourself, right? Hmm. Um, That's interesting. And there's a certain kind of like a certain kind of trust that has to be there mm-hmm. for it to work for it to not like and, it, and especially if you're going to be fighting for it day after day right um how do you do that if you're not like if you're not there if you're not in this this two-ness or this mm-hmm. many-ness um i'm just thinking there's got to be a lot of trial by error in the beginning like yeah so there's the one the, the piece i want to talk about is, 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 is just this first step like how do you make that jump into uh manyness um so this is something, um, this comes from Kierkegaard, and I, ta- I talked to you a bit about this idea. So for him, he was talking more about um, religion. Uh, his thing was about the, like the, the Abraham mm-hmm. myth and, and, um, uh, and being willing to sacrifice Isaac, and how could he do that, and how, do, like, how is it that we see that, or that, 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 so it was written a couple hundred years ago, but like, how is it that that's not considered, you know, that he was just gonna murder his kid you know what I mean like that there was something else happening there so he talks about there being this like that for Abraham his his faith was so strong that he even though he knew because God commanded him that he was gonna lose Isaac he knew he wasn't gonna lose Isaac because there was like this this strength to his faith that and the way he talks about it is that like it was the the on the strength of the absurd like he, mm. there was just this faith that he had that, that made him, it's, it's a bizarre way that he puts it, but made him know that even though he was going to lose him, like he wasn't, it was just this break in, in logic a bit where he was in both places at the same time. Mm. All right. I'm going to go through like just a few quotes from, from the book and, and we'll, uh, this is from uh, a book called Fear and Trembling. Um, a few lines and then we'll like, I'll, I'll talk about like what. I think they they mean to me. Um, So the way he frames it, again, this is like kind of an older book, that a young lad falls in love with a a princess, um, and he feels like this is, his entire life is this love, but, you know, because of, um, that, and like, yeah, the the framing of the story is like that, it's, it's a love that can't ever be come to fruition mm. I'm, I'm guessing because of like the differences in status or whatever um and and the way he puts it is like the the slaves of misery like the people like the it, i guess like you could say like you know generally people will just say like that that love is is foolish it's a fantasy um he should just marry someone of his his class um but he says that this, and he calls him the knight of faith, has grasped the deep secret that even in loving one another, loving another, one should be sufficient unto oneself. Hmm. So even in your love, 
like even if you're building something like loving another person like that love is still coming from you and it's not necessarily like about it being reciprocated, reciprocated. yeah you said this before yeah and this yeah and you can actually feel that this kind of ties into that yeah you know we were talking about like love being generally considered okay it's a mutual exchange mm-hmm. of uh, a mutually beneficial exchange so we're getting a little bit out of that now mm-hmm. that like you can love without it being um, or without so it's not it's not about like I don't want it to get into the idea of like an unrequited love like that's not what we're talking about it's more that like you're loving without the reason for that love being because the, the other person loves you back yeah yeah that it's really it's up to to you um, and another thing is like and he says it's only lower natures who have the law of their actions in someone else, the premises for their actions outside themselves. So again, the idea that like, it's an older book, so the language is a little bit like stilted, but um, again, the idea that like, if you're going to love someone, the reason for that love should be, or the, the, the foundation of that love should be in you. Mm-hmm. not depending on something outside yourself even yeah that what they do the other or person. how they love you exactly like, um but like but like i don't know what to say it like goes against stuff that <laughs> but i like what you're saying it's yeah. just like then you've just chosen to love them already yeah if nothing they can do if, you're, if your love isn't dependent on them in any way, why do you love them in particular, specifically? Right. Well, why not? But why? <laughs> so, I, so right. it brings, anyway, it brings me back to the, my other question, but it's something to wrestle with. Okay. Go ahead. I want you to hold on to that. Yeah, question. I'll hold, we'll I'll hold it. it. I'll hold a bit. it. I have a couple more of these things. <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, and then he says, the night of faith, like this night that we're talking about, um, makes one more movement. He says, I nevertheless believe that I will get her, namely on the strength of the absurd. Hmm. So there's this, like, taking this absurd position of, even though I know it can't happen, I'm going to believe it's going to happen. Right? Um... And this line, okay, it gets a little <laughs> a little out there, but I really love this. Um, so the moment the knight resigned to the uh, resigned, he was convinced of the impossibility, humanly speaking, uh, was it were convinced of the impossibility of this this love, humanly speaking? That was the conclusion of his understanding. On this um, on this, the knight of faith is just as clear all this all that can save him is the absurd and this he grasps by faith so here we're talking a bit about like what faith is fundamentally Uh is like I'm going to choose to believe something that I know is impossible or know that I can't know um and and just live there live in the absurdity of that situation and be 
okay with that. Just be cool with it. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Okay, that was that was a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, I think the thing I found fascinating about this idea is that we tend to think again, like the same way we think about love, that faith is something that just sort of happens. You know what I mean? And that it's mm. and it's directed towards particular things, mm-hmm. like you have a faith in God, you have a faith in um, I don't know your country. Or yeah. Sure. sure. Um, but what's being discussed here is a bit that, like, almost the dyna- like the dynamic of, or let's put it this way, it's it's pulling that, that feeling and that way of engaging with things, like bringing it back to you. So it's something that you choose, like you, you can actually choose to, to almost aim it at whatever you want to aim it at. You know what I mean? So there's a whole lot to talk about there, but um, bringing it back to like the conversation about love, right, is, and a bit to this question about how do you choose who you're going to be with, and the fact is, is that you can't, right, like you can't, you can't know that a person is, is right for you, I mean, like that's just outside of like what we can, like there's no... There's no set of, you know, like, or no equation that you can use to say that, like, okay, this person is the perfect match for me. Um, so how then do you build that, that you get into that truth process where you're building up a, a situation with someone else? Um, to me, what, kind of, what it comes down to is that, like, you have to first make that, this movement of faith mm-hmm. where you just, and it's something to be, like, it's a very powerful tool so you want to like balance that against you know I don't know I guess that part I don't know exactly but yeah like kind of find someone that it feels that you feel like you want to or that is amenable to 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 doing that kind of truth process with Um, but realizing that that you're never going to be like there's no such thing as being sure that that person is the right person. Like once you have that, um, that feeling that like, okay, this is, you know, I don't know. It could be just something that's like, you know, they're a good person. They're like, there's someone I, I like being with. Um, the step is really just making that step of, okay, I'm going to choose to, to put my faith in, this project of building an us with this person because without that you can't you can't find that space outside Mm -hmm. yourself like between you and this person yeah I get that that. no that makes sense yeah I think maybe a way of thinking about it is once you get to that that place and maybe that's the part that like at least as far as I know is like is still a bit passive is that so you have you have relationships with people around you um, and some of them just you feel uh, like a certain way mm-hmm. in them and especially then like over time you start to um, maybe you have certain experiences um, and you just get to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, this person is, is just 
seems like just seems like one of those people that is someone I want to engage with someone I want in my life and then and then just like to, to have that awareness that like but okay then the next step is up to you to cement it to, to just be to like choose. I have decided that this person is a part of my life and that and that's it it's like trusting yourself yeah and like your gut about yeah I mean experiences I'm sure tell you a lot about that person but it's also like your inner self like yeah which I find interesting no and I mean maybe because we've talked about that before because this is one of the things I found fascinating and maybe that's like a first step but one of the things I found fascinating about this idea of a movement of faith is that it can be directed towards Mm -hmm. anything like including yourself Mm -hmm. and if you maybe that that, that's the, the step first is like you have to make that movement towards yourself where you you trust yourself enough to feel when when your assessment of someone else being um, a core part of your life is 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 valid is mm-hmm. is, is something oh, you yeah. can depend on, and then you choose to to kind of aim that that faith at that that person as well. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's hard, actually. Yeah. I find that hard to aim the faith towards oneself. Yeah. Because it's essentially like loving yourself. Yeah. Choosing yourself. Yeah. But I think I, you're... Like, I know how you feel about that, but I think you're also, like, you... You're on that, that journey already. Without, like, without, um, I think in ways that you're not fully aware of. Um, Can I ask you a follow-up question? Hmm? So, if, if you are saying that love is the process of going from choosing and then, like, living it out and showing up with that person and mm-hmm. figuring out what the world is for you and this us... if there are people who don't fall into that category, is that love? Is that not love to you? People. So, so say whether it's, you know, Sahar or like friendships that are meaningful to you that you're doing that with, or you Mm -hmm. like whatever, um, moving through life with that person and figuring out what the relationship is. Like if there are, are people who don't fall into that category of like choice and movement, Mm -hmm would you still consider like yourself to have love for those people who fall outside of that? Um, not in the same sense. Like there's a, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, it's important to like, yeah. Cause but love is one of those terms that can like, sure. can mean a few different things. Like I do consider myself a, a lover of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I feel proud to be a human being and I feel a connection, a kinship with other human beings. Um, so there is a love there in that sense. Um, which is, but that's different. That's very different for me from um, the, where is it? So then what is love? If it can have all these different 
Thanks. So it's just it's it's those. I mean, um, so is it, like that would mean yeah. I mean that we're talking about more just about like the word versus um, like these particular phenomena that the word can refer to. So what is the phenomena? So the one like that's the one I was describing. The perceived, like that the process. Yeah. So there's this yeah the process of. So and that tends it, to be how, how I think of, um, and I guess, I mean, you could, in a sort of abstract way, like you, my, my relationship with humanity has some aspects of, aspects of that, like where, yeah, just like, you know, as my, I've, <laughs> you know, learned things and new ugly sides of it come up or, or whatever it is, and that all gets incorporated mm-hmm. into my relationship with, um, with being human. Um, sorry no I was just going to ask a clarifying question so like so what I hear you say when you say that is that what I hear from that is that love the way you've described love is like almost a way that you make it tangible to you or something or you understand it and because it can look in like so many different things well no like I've because this is this has more to do with like that what we've talked about that like words and the reality that they describe are, are different things. You know, that like the word orange can refer to the color or the fruit, right? Okay. So it's sure. just like you have sure. words that can have multiple meanings. And right? like you're talking about the fruit. So, okay, and I understand that my brain is like, let's make things fit in boxes. Um, so, yeah, so w- for me, what's what's more, like, I would say is more critical to, to like, what I'm talking about is not necessarily the word love. It's the, this phenomenon that I, I think is um, okay. a very fundamental human, human experience, mm-hmm. uh, a very rich one, um, and that tends not to get as much attention as as I would like like Mm -hmm. in in the society that we live in yeah Yeah. it doesn't okay yeah makes sense yeah but I guess to go back to your yeah like your your question there is um, yeah in terms of the the love that I'm talking about um, yeah kind of by definition there are going to like there there are people that are outside that um and I think that's that's actually that's important because um, being yeah, it's just, yeah, I think it's important to realize like where being all inclusive is not um, the goal of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a, maybe a simple way of putting it is that like by trying to make everything the same, you you lose sight of what makes things special, right? Um, and so if I, if I want to be able to kind of like really dig into the depth of a relationship, I can't do that if I'm pretending it's like every other relationship, Mm. right? Yeah. Well, and that goes back to what you said about the rules. So like not putting the rules on the relationship. Yeah. That I have to be like in this, like everything in the, like everything else. And also that, like, you know, and part of it <laughs> is just I only have a certain amount of energy. Yeah, like, practically. Like, yeah, and that this is, 
that this thing that I'm talking about is a very intense, uh, energy intensive mm-hmm. process. Um, and so that there is a certain limit on like, yeah, how, how far that can be spread. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think that's okay. Like, and it's not about like treating other people worse or anything like that. It's just like, um, finding that, that kind of space and those people and those relationships with whom you can really find these depths. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't make choices, then you don't get to have that with anyone. Right. Yeah. No, and I think like, I think there's just generally like in a lot of aspects of life, like you'd say there's like, there's often choices you have to make between um, breadth and depth, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're going to be doing a lot of things, you can't drill that deeply mm-hmm. into any one of them. Right. Um, and so if you're going to like try to kind of be in all relationships as much as possible, then like you can't go that deeply into any one of them. Right. Um, or you can kind of like really have very intimate profound relationships but then that limits the number of those that you can yeah. have yeah yeah and yeah and i tend to be just yeah towards the the latter where yeah. it's like i i have fewer relationships but i tend to i have an instinct towards like you know going as deeply into them as i can mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> is there anything else you want to say before we end recording i think I think I got everything out. We can still talk and be friends after. Oh, good. In case you were... Like, this isn't the end of the friendship? This is not the end of the friendship. (laughs) Promise. Good. Okay. I'm I'm comforted by that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay, I'm going to end it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the What is Love series as a whole. I really enjoyed listening back to these conversations as I was putting these episodes together. It still feels very relevant to what I'm exploring in my life, and I sort of feel like that understanding of what love is will always be growing and changing as we experience more and more throughout our lives. I'll have most of the quotes that Tarek referenced in the show notes if you're interested. Join us next month for a couple of conversations around the theme of music. It's a lot. This is a lot. Like, when I think about what we're talking, we've been talking for probably two hours, like, holy shit. And then what everyone else thinks about it. It's like a lot, this word. Yeah.